Welcome into the Soccer OG. That's me, Max Bredos. Oh, we got a busy show for you this week. Internationals taking the spotlight. Joining me in the business end to discuss, co-host of Counterattack on Sirius, it is Brian Dunseth. The U.S. youth team not qualifying for the Olympic Games. Is it that big of a deal? Who is at fault? The U.S. senior team getting the most out of a week of internationals. We'll see who were the guys that made the biggest impact. And if we're still on track to have a national team that can compete with the big boys. Speaking of UEFA, full World Cup qualifiers. Only 13 spots available. Is that enough to accommodate all the heavy hitters? In the end, in stoppage time, I will be taking a closer look at CONCACAF qualifiers. What has it become? A new era? And what do we have to look out for for our friends in our region? As always, the Soccer OG, we need your help. Please rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe. If you'd like to tell a friend, I won't mind that either. We're here to have a good time. We're here to get smarter about football. Let's get started. We are back here on the Soccer OG, episode four, and they said we would never make it. Having a real good time, never a dull minute to have these conversations, and as I've pointed out to you before, having this outlet to discuss all the countless hours of football that I watch soccer on a regular basis, it uh, is quite therapeutic. Brian Dunseth, uh, again, the rules of the business end is we go at each other. This is not an interview. We will discuss. We will agree. We hopefully will disagree because that always makes a good podcast. And I wonder what he's going to think about the Olympics because I was watching the coverage, obviously highly disappointed that the U.S. are going to miss out on Tokyo again. This is becoming habit forming. They have propped up Honduran uh, Football Federation in the process as Honduras goes back again. Remember, it was in 2016 they finished fourth. So they've made the most of it. And they have some good young players there. It was exciting from their perspective to see what's coming along. I was on Twitter, and it was like the world ended. And everyone is up in arms. And I sent tweets as well saying, this is, this can't happen. We need this to go forward. But, you know, I thought about it. And when, when you look at Olympic Games, there are events that you tune in for. The 110 meters, gymnastics. That's about it, isn't it? I'm just kidding. There's a lot of good things. Um, but women's soccer, certainly on that list. But the men's tournament, it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. It's kind of a bogus tournament because it's not a FIFA-recognized date. Players don't have to be released, and often they are not. So it's not really a true under-23 championship game. The results are all over the place as a result. And look, I'm not making excuses, but when we talk about priorities here, and we should be making this Olympic game ahead of Honduras. There's no doubt about it. But those guys worked hard. Those guys, they, they, did they have the talent? Did they have everything they needed? No, they didn't. And as a result, they will be watching the Olympics. Or maybe they won't be watching the Olympics because I don't think a lot of people really watch the Olympic soccer tournament. And remember, these Olympics are going to be unlike any we've seen. So do not expect any kind of fan supporters in any events, it's going to be minuscule, especially being held in Tokyo. They got to get this right with uh, COVID restrictions. And we know that the Japanese 
and the way they do business, they are going to do just that. But it's the priorities is the World Cup. I wonder if the Gold Cup is a bigger priority. And we probably have to get a word from the U.S. team about where these lie because everyone's going to say, why aren't this incredible, talented team that are playing friendlies, Christian Pulisic and Serginho Dest and Yunus Musa, part of that squad? Okay. And uh, I'd like to know the answer too. I mean, th- this was the team that they fielded for it. But, and I'm going to save this for when we sp- speak to Brian, but uh, it's the Olympics. I, 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 look, I watch a lot of the sport. When the Olympics are on, I don't really watch. I got to, the women's tournament's engaging. The men's tournament, not so much. Please rate, review, and subscribe the Soccer OG. Coming up right now, it is the business end this week with Brian Dunseth. And stick around as I will be talking CONCACAF qualifiers. They are crazy. And what is happening and what should we be looking out for as we move forward? Talk to you soon. We are back here on the Soccer OG. Time now for the business end where we go... Mano y mano, with somebody who claims they know a lot about the sport. I know you do, Brian. Brian Dunseth of Counterattack. Was that the, who, who named it the Counterattack? Not me. Can we call it hermano y hermano? Hermano y hermano. Hey. Two of us will come into this, but one will leave. <laughs> Señores y señoras. Oh, I love it. Oh, How are yes. you, brother? You good? Great. I'm yeah. really excited about this. This has been a lot of fun, and uh, I'm, I'm wondering who would be next, but you I think I'm I think I'm kicking everyone's tail thus far, at least in my mind, with regards to the knowledge. We could we could, we we'll can find go, out. We can we could challenge go accepted. Okay, challenge maybe I'll call it that. Challenge accepted, presented by Snickers. That's not an official sponsor. I just want to see how it sounded. Sounds pretty good. We could talk about Fox Soccer Days. Oh. That'd probably be more interesting for the listeners. For, I've got stories, Bredos. Yeah. Should I write a book? Yes. Are you kidding me? I think I'm going to write a book and I'm going to let it all come out. And I mean, everything, but it, obviously it might cost me a few things in my life. Will you bring <laughs> up about three in the morning, you and I doing an LA Galaxy versus Hong Kong 11? I feel bad. They go, man, I'm sorry you're calling this. It's on the, it's, it's on the menu. It's Galaxy, it's Beckham and the Hong Kong 11. And you get do done, it. Seth. Maybe do a book on the Hong Kong 11. <laughs> no, no. Let, let's do the book on when I'm, I'm like my very first game that I'm calling at Fox Soccer with you. And I'm like, hey, Bredos, like I text you because it's you and Christian Miles and, and Alan Hopkins were the ones that kind of like got my mind going about this. We I was with the L.A. Galaxy. We went and had a few margaritas at a Mexican food place in Santa Monica. And you guys are like, oh, you're pretty good. You should try to think about this. And I was like, oh, I don't know, man. I'm still playing. Like three days later, I get cut. My, my career is over. Oh, that's right. Because <laughs> you just joined the guy. Yeah. And I was hey, like, sorry, bud. Hey, how about <laughs> that gig? Uh, I don't <laughs> like, know great, right now. <laughs> great margaritas. Um, so I moved back to Salt Lake City. I started doing some RSL stuff. You and El Sully come in town and I meet, I meet Carlos and I meet all the guys and finally I get, you know, I'm like sending in like DVDs of like Real Salt Lake games. And finally I'm like, screw it. I'll come down. I like drive my, my Toyota Camry from Salt Lake city all the way down to, 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 to the Fox soccer studios. And I'm texting you on the way. I'm like, dude, so what do I wear? Like, what am I supposed to wear tomorrow? Cause it's my first time. And you're like, yeah, you should wear like a collared shirt and like slacks. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like that makes sense. And I, I show up, it's like two 30 in the morning. And Carlos is like, don't ask, don't up, don't up this up, bro. This is your chance. And wow, I walk no in pressure. and you're wearing, and you're wearing shorts and a V neck t-shirt. 
Well, I was and you wear- are you are giggling uncontrollably because I'm wearing slacks and like a collared shirt. I was gonna wear a robe, so you're lucky. And I was so like, just keep that dick. What a dick. <laughs> Listen, uh, by the way, no one's really worked harder at it than you because I don't know if this is was this something you wanted to do after your playing days. No, I didn't. No. I, I thought I was going to play soccer forever. What are you talking about? I, I know, but I know. But I wasn't like good enough to think you're about You're very media else. savvy, not only, I mean, with, with what you do at Sirius and here, and, and you can wear a lot of hats. It's kind of the ex, we don't expect that from the ex players. You know, you guys like to be tam- pampered a lot. <laughs> well, and, first uh, you off, know, us, I wasn't us good grinders. enough. <laughs> <laughs> but you're first a grinder. Off, I, I was an average MLS soccer player uh, who signed, somehow gutted out uh, a 10, 11 year career. And afterwards, I had no idea. Max, I was 29. I was freshly engaged. I was turning 30. Like, all of a sudden, soccer's gone. Like, I, I went to Cal State Fullerton for three semesters. My that should have opened accom- some doors. My proudest accomplishment of that is that I never declared a major and never had study school. Like, I never had to go after hours. Good for you. I, you know, I, I played New England and Columbus and, and went to Sweden and, you know, went to Salt Lake. All I was was a soccer player. So, uh, what I will say is Alexi Lawless, um, I watched him and I, I do media training. I just did some media training with Real Salt Lake Academy a few weeks ago. And I have this presentation that I used to do with all the like rookies in MLS for like their symposium. And it was Alexi. I was, you know, 20 years old, 1997, the old Foxborough stadium. Lex, where are you going? Oh, I got to go do an interview. Do you mind if I tag along? Sure. Why not? Whatever. And that was like Alexi with the goatee and the long hair and like Adidas commercials and Powerade commercials and sunglass commercials. And he just a rock star had to yeah. like pull his hair into a ponytail and wear Arnett sunglasses and a pull down chewed on hat to get through all the, all the, all the different airports as we were trying to travel uh, and crisscross the States. And he goes around, he shakes everyone's hand. Hey, I'm Alexi, I'm Alexi, I'm Alexi. What are we talking about? The guy's like, well, we're going to talk about qualifying against El Salvador. He's like, all right, cool. And like, he pulls his hair down, pulls his hair out and like pops up. And all of a sudden the cameras are on. He's like, boom. And I was like, what the, what's he doing? Witchcraft. Yeah, and he's like, you know, Alexi, you got the chance, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, listen, I, look, I'm Alexi Lawless. I know the power of the World Cup. Look at me. I'm a redheaded guy that went over to Europe. I speak fluent Italian. I score goals against Inter Milan and AC Milan. I'm back here representing for the city of Boston. Man, show up early on Saturday. Game's at 4 o'clock. Stick it's still available at ussoccer.com. We're going to kick the tail off that Honduras side, and we're going to qualify for another World Cup. I was like, holy crap, what did he just do? How do you do that? And so I always wanted to like yeah. replicate that personality when I was on camera. And so, uh, you know, from being a part of the Olympic team and being the captain and being forced to like talk all the time, I just little by little realized that I could, I could promote myself outside the game and like do little things, whether it was like radio stations or like cooking shows or, you know, interviews on the sidelines and signing autographs for fans. I was living the dream, man. I was, I was, I started making 24 grand a year and I ended making 110 grand and I was, I was stealing money the whole time. Oh yeah. But you, if, a few years later, you would have really been able to cash in. Oh. They need players like you when you I, just when a few I look years younger, when, when I look at MLS salaries now, I'm like when, when I'm good and like 700 grand. What? I know. I remember we get those salary guys. Oh my gosh. This <laughs> He's making what? Right. I go, you got to fix this. You can't have people making 7,500, <laughs> not 775, 7,500 oh, a year. Oh man. Good times. Uh, by the way, Alexi's a good place for me to launch here. And by the way, he is a rock star. If you go out at an event, everyone wants to, to get Alexi's autograph or photo. It's really yeah. it's remarkable, even to this day. It's, he's just bigger than life when you see him. So I know people love him and hate him on the air, but we need him. He's great. He's and, fantastic. Uh, he's, yeah. Everyone know who Alexi Lalas is in our sport. That's very rare. 
Okay, but I'm gonna bring, <laughs> I'm gonna mention this because I was watching and I know it's fresh. It was the last thing that just happened. USA not qualifying for the Olympic Games. And I was watching Fox and they went back to the studio. It was Rob and Alexi and Mo, and they looked like they were at a funeral. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, oh, no, that is bad. I go, and then I go, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is bad, obviously. But there's a lot of factors here that I think we got to look at it from. Uh, we, it's a huge disappointment losing to Honduras and not qualifying for the Olympics mm-hmm. again. They continue to get in there with, uh, with regularity. And it's almost, we have to say, when it comes to Olympic qualifying, we're not even in their league. We're not. We do have a 23-man under squad playing as our senior team now. They're probably very difficult to get them there. Uh, there's being the European-based guys and affiliated with the FIFA, the calendar. But it's you could replace this group and say they qualify easily. And I don't want to make excuses, but I, when I saw what happened at Fox... And, and, and I was like, man, and Twitter was on fire. I was, uh, this is a big deal, but it, more for personally for these players. But I think when you're looking at a calendar, there's other things you can't drop the ball on. But Olympics, I mean, I never, I, Brian, when on the Olympics start, women's tournaments is compelling, but the men's tournament, because all the players aren't cleared in and it's just- And it's under 23. It's yeah. under 23 and weird things happen. And this, this is going to be a very strange- Olympics. There's not going to be any support fans there, uh, but it's it's not the World Cup qualifying. Even the Gold Cup, I think, is the Olympics. I want them to qualify, but when the Olympics come, I'm like, that's going to be. It's. I got to remind myself to watch those games. Yeah. So having having. And, and, under- I, I don't want to. I don't want to interrupt you, but I just want to say that in advance because we can all say what went wrong. Then there was a lot. Yeah. That team. So having lived the power of the Olympics in 2000. And being a part of Clive Charles' side that was the first team to make it out of the group stage, the only team to make it out of the group stage, and then to lose to Bam Bam Zamorano in Chile in the, in the bronze medal match, I can attest to the power of what the Olympics looks like personally, individually. Now, I'd also like to remind people collectively that that group of you know, Brad Friedel, Frankie Hayduck, Josh Wolf, Johnny O'Brien, Benny Olsen, um, Landon Donovan, you think about 2002 World Cup. So from 2000 to 2002, it's a huge springboard. It's a platform because what it does is the Olympics is the under 23 World Cup. So you think about the under 17 World Cup, under 20 World Cup, and then there's a big gap, right? That three-year window of qualifying for the Olympics. But at that point, from 20 to 23, we're saying, well, if you're that good, shouldn't you just be on the men's team? 100%. But what I'll say is the similar thing that happened in 2008 with... Um, with, say, a Michael Bradley, a Josie Altador, a Brad Guzan, a Benny Fellhaber, uh, a Charlie Davies, a Stu Holden, that, so, that cup. Remember 2009 Confed Cup? Yes. Remember the 2010 World Cup? So there, there, there's, there's a conversation to be had about the importance because it replicates a World Cup format in terms of competition at your individual age group. Now, the three overage players complicates it. You know, who can come, who could go. You know, we can get into the conversation that even if Christian Pulisic would have been wanted to go to the Olympics, if he wanted to go, the U.S. soccer wanted to go, Chelsea probably would have pushed back hard. So there, there's this evolving conversation about what, what the value of it is. The reality is, though, Max, you almost have to, like, not try to, to qualify. <laughs> Like you got to really, really not be good to qualify for four consecutive world cups. It's really incredible. And by the way, side note, and I don't know how I pulled this one out of my hat, 
2008, 2000 and 2008 were the last two times that Mexico didn't qualify for the World Cup. So ah, fancy so that. Like, and it's, we're all missing out. One of yeah, us knock it, out the other. Exactly. So it's a weird oddity. So listen, you, I, I have the list right here. Sergio Dest, Anthony Robinson, Chris it's Richards, amazing. Brian Reynolds, Our Mark McKenzie, Eunice Musa, Brendan Aronson, Gio Reyna, Josh Sargent, Christian Pulisic, Daryl DK, Reggie Cannon, Wes McKinney, Tyler Adams, Tim Weah can go on and on and on. Injuries Our under-23 talent is it's, on it's par absurd. with the best. It's absurd. Anywhere. So the complicating conversation in this, Max, is like, how do you say to somebody, we should have qualified, and had we qualified, we could have arguably been one of the favorites in Japan at the Olympics with this group of players, and yet we can't qualify out of our region. And this comes back to the complexity of what you said. FIFA window, you do not, there's not a mandate that releases players for a U23 qualification tournament. International window is only for men's national teams. And until something changes, that's the way it's going to stick. But the reality is still not good enough. That, that team today against Honduras was still better than Honduras, but we lost in the gray area. The heart, desire, determination, they were better than us. Well, that's a, discuss- a discussion point. By the way, we have to stay in bed with FIFA with these dates because that's, if I'm mistaken, F- uh, playing in a World Cup will always supersede an Olympics. I don't even remember who won the gold in the last Olympic Games. I know I should. Brazil. Neymar. Brazil. I didn't remember that. So, I mean, and again, not to diminish that, I think it's great for the players, but you got to focus on the FIFA side of things yeah. and what they, their way or the highway, it's their way. So, what, but you unless said about those- ladder. Unless you're step ladder. <laughs> You're, you're far on the highway at this point. <laughs> but that was, I, I guess we could talk about the characteristics of, did I say that word correctly? The characteristics yeah. of this U.S. team. And it is pretty frustrating because those intangibles were not there. And you saw a Honduran team with swagger who went for it and took it. Uh, I mean, even the goal, uh, where the first goal where... Ball watching. Well, and the guy's just throwing himself at goal. He's like, I'm going to go full bore into the, the goal. And it, cl- it clangs off of me, my knee, and I put it in. And obviously the second goal, which was, I feel awful for Ochoa, but that's the way it goes. But it, there's those, should we be concerned about that? I mean, we don't even have it in that senior team. I saw, wow. and I want to talk about the senior team as well. They were like beating up Christian Pulisic, and there's not a guy going, hey, don't do that again, Northern Ireland Yeah, defender. there's no Jermaine Jones. Well, because Weston McKinney and Tyler Adams weren't there. Right. Uh, so you, you bring up a fascinating point. Let me, let me, I think it's more an indictment about this group of players, right? The B minus C plus group. However, whatever the, the, the analogy that we're kind of like locking this group of players within these confines. But if we're talking about just the fight, right? You're telling me Dest, Richards, Musa, Reyna, Sargent, Pulisic, DK, McKinney, Adams, that they don't have the fight? Uh, they have the technical skill and the ability, but they also have the fight. All of those like four pillars of success that everybody talks about, I can only remember three half the time, that I think it's more of an indictment on this group of players of why they are available. Because they're missing that, that, that nouse, that little bit of dark magic, that little bit of gray area. And we saw it today from Honduras. And I can't tell you, Maxi, how many times I've had conversations with former, how do I say this right? Former people involved with coaching staffs at various iterations of this qualification tournament that came up short and said to me, Maxi, when we looked across the field, we saw something in their eyes that was mm. different than what we had. That's and I good. have forever said, take the under 15, start with an under 15 group. Don't ever let them play in the U.S. 
Take those crispy white jerseys, take those $300 pink and yellow and green and whatever color blue sh- jersey uh, boots, go put them in Europe, go put them in South America, go put them in Central America, go put them in Africa, go put them in Asia, and let's see how they f- put them in the, the worst surfaces you can find, the smallest locker rooms, the, go take a poo with no, with no door on it, down at Saprissa. This sounds very or, personal. <laughs> oh, I mean, listen, when, when you go play Costa Rica, you go play Saprissa, guess what? They take, the, they take the door off the pooper. So everyone's pooping in front of each other. Hey, what's up? With, yeah, it's inside the locker room. So all of those little things, you know, like waking up in the middle of the night because the fire alarm's pulled or yeah. the music's blaring outside, you know, 3 a.m. to wake you up and disrupt your sleep. All those little things. This is why... This is another part of my concern. Japan Olympics, you know what it could have done? It could have got a momentum builder of confidence for this group that, oh, by the way, none of them have qualified for a World Cup. And we missed out on the World Cup. And Christian's the only guy on that side that has, well, I guess John Brooks too, but that like really, really, really has some experience. And that's what we need, right? We got, we got Nations League coming up in June. We got Gold Cup coming up in July. Don't worry about the Olympics anymore. And then you're right in the World Cup qualifying. Good. The plates, the plates cleaned a little bit. It's it's look, I know. And and, and what I'm also hearing you is uh, is uh, this American, this American, I guess, uh spoiled per, perspe- uh, perspective where they have all the good resources. And when they get into a situation where things are not uh the conditions are not up to snuff, then they they don't perform. And we got to be able to perform. I even saw in that game, the ball goes off the surface a bit. And Jackson, you'll have to kind of trap it and go, wait, where's that ball going? You got to get used to the surfaces. Hmm. You got to get used to all that. And you only do that by experiencing that. And maybe this group of players isn't through these youth ranks. I hope I'm wrong. I mean, it's the ones that are going, they're going through that process are not experienced the worst of it, which it protects them, coddles them a bit. It's a, we don't want them to be coddled. You want them to be free and uh, be able to express themselves, but, you know, roll up their sleeves and get after it. Yeah. It's, I don't know if I, I'll pivot here because unfortunately for this game is it was something that brought down, brought us all down when the momentum was going really well as it applied to men's soccer here, building through the players, having success, playing in Champions League games, scoring goals for Barcelona and Juventus, <laughs> you know, playing alongside the biggest stars, Winning, no, not really tested. Uh, they haven't played anybody since they've got together, but you, you only have your schedule and they have performed and they've never looked in a situation when they were going to lose a game, whether it doesn't matter to win or lose uh, against Northern Ireland and Wales and Panama and El Salvador and Trinidad and Tobago, but they've looked really impressive. So that last stretch happened with a victory over Northern Ireland. I don't know how, I don't know why Northern Ireland took that game because they had a World Cup qualifier. Two day, three days prior and another one coming up in a couple days. Yeah. But th- we appreciate it because we need yeah. games and it's a good test against a British team, counterattacking firm. And we saw that all play and that, that's very valuable, but there is nothing other than this Olympic thing that is discouraging me that U S soccer is not on the right path. And even here in a game, it was, it was hard to watch. I just, I'm really excited that we have a team that plays this way looking to figure things out. Maybe the, maybe the passes don't connect, but they keep going at it. And finally they do break some teams down and they find some space and you throw away Christian Pulisic is playing. And this, it's a real, I, 
I strongly believe, Brian, that, you know, people around the world are going to go, I want to watch U.S. soccer because they are a fun team to watch. Hmm. And they're with success, too. I, I don't want to get too excited about certain episode, game after game, but these two games against Jamaica and Northern Ireland on top of the other ones and the way these guys, this is, this is as there's good as I can remember. Yeah, there's, there's a direction. And, and listen, do we all want to be battle-tested against Argentina and Brazil and Colombia and Mexico uh, and England and Italy and Germany and, you know, Spain? 100%, we want the best games there, there, there could possibly be available. But a problem is that now with all of these different tournaments and the coefficient coming into play, that there's not a lot of availability for some of these games. And oh, by the way, guess what? Mexico just lost to Wales the other night. one nothing. Last night, lost one nothing to Wales. We drew Wales. No, no. So we, we look, we'll talk about Mexico. We look better. We're further along in our vision than Mexico is, which has surprised me because Tata Martino, I thought, would have them going. And they, they had a good team against Wales. And yeah. it was just not, just not clicking. Didn't click. Yeah. So am I excited? 100% I'm excited. Did I ever think that heading into 2021, 2020-2021 season, that Weston McKinney would be Cristiano Ronaldo's teammate? That Serginho Dest would be Lionel Messi's teammate? No. And, oh, by the way, playing significant, significantly Getting playing. assists from. <laughs> or, yeah, or score, yeah, or scoring or providing. Yeah, it, it is. Listen, I'm bullish about the mentality of American players. I always have been. I'm, I'm, I'm always going to be bullish about this pushing back against this narrative that we're not good enough, we don't develop, blah, 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 blah. I had the stat in front of me. I don't know where it is now. Do you have a book but, of stats there that you just kind of... No, I got like pages. Like, man, I got so much stuff. This is all national team stuff, going even back to Jurgen Klinsmann days. Recycle I've got that. formations. Oh, yeah. I mean, if the trash can's recycling, then yes, I do. <laughs> it's the blue one, right? Um, yes, blue. Uh, this, we're in a great generation. This group of players, this next group of players, we're, we're in a really, really good, good generation of player. And I understand everyone's shy because of what happened October, or is it like 10th or 17th, 2017, down in Trinidad and Tobago, and rightly so. Really disappointed. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. The header cleared off the line, a goalkeeper standing on his head. Um, uh, Jovan Jones' little brother hitting a worldie from an unbelievable angle, like six different scenarios going wrong over the course of the night, a Panamanian goal that never was really a goal. I mean, all these things happen, right? And at the end of the day, frustrated, burn it all down. Hey, by the way, U.S. soccer in Chicago, literally nobody's there. Outside of like Neil Beathy and Michael Cameraman, everybody's different from Ernie Stewart to Kate Margraff to Sunil Gulati's gone to Cindy Parlo Cohn's running the organization. I mean, at, literally everything is different. So, Cameraman's do, the glue. He always. <laughs> <laughs> Cameraman, how does he do and it? And is that how you say Neil's last name? Beathy? Neil Beathy. 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 Oh my yeah. God, I've been saying it wrong. I feel terrible. Well, I just, that's yeah, why you're an. You're an. Uh, sorry. Right. You're Max. Neil, um, Neil, if you're listening, I hope you are, but I, I apologize. I, that will never happen again. I just think that we're, we're farther along, along than people want to recognize. And I think that's the dichotomy of the argument today is how can we be so excited about what we saw against Northern Ireland? And again, I know it's Northern Ireland, but how can we be so excited about what we saw versus then what happened this evening? And that's, I'm trying to find the realist. I'm trying to be 
I'm trying to be temperamental about this where I I'm allowed to get angry by not qualifying for the Olympics because it is a, it is a massive loss, but at the same time, looking forward to what the summer looks like and being excited about this generation, because there is an argument to be had somewhere in here about the good, the bad, the ugly, but to your point, Maxi, whether, whether you're talking about Weston at Juve, you're talking about Serginho at Barcelona, you're talking about Tyler Adams starting a knockout round game for RB Leipzig these in the guys Champions do? League semifinal. These guys, he, too, have all been tested where they, they get out of favor and they miss some games, and then they're back in favor and playing yeah. significant roles. Yeah. I think Weston, that Tyler's overcoming, overcoming adversity, 100%. Yeah, and it's always happening over again. It's like you're like, you're always going, huh, okay. Yeah, yeah, all right. That's more good news. Yeah. Put it in my shopping bag. Yeah. And look at Gio. I mean, I, I think the last, you know, Gio was in a similar situation that Christian was when you go back to that game against Canada up at BMO Field a year and a half ago, kind of being out of favor. Can he use it as a springboard? Absolutely does. And now Christian goes from playing virtually every minute and being one of the best wingers in the Premier League at a point to picking up some knocks, some injuries, and watching a manager that when healthy pretty much believed him it believed in him was his number one choice as a starting attacking player to now Thomas Tuchel, who I put my hand up and I, and I say, man, I was dead wrong. I thought he was a lock based yeah. on their time at Dortmund. And now you see that adversity with not starting every single game. So yeah, I like this group because I think what we're seeing is them pushing through. I mean, Yunus Musa, big surprise. I mean, even, even the guys where you're talking about Joaquini, you're talking about Yunus Musa, you're talking about Sibichu, uh, all of a sudden guys that are, multiple nationality represents ability now then are choosing to come to the United States. And that's a far cry from what we were dealing with, with the John, uh, Jonathan Gonzalez hysteria, uh, what, three years ago, four and years they, ago. They've been crushing it with the dual nationals. They have. Yep. Uh, and there's nothing, you, that, I, everything you've, that's more good. And I worry because I got texts from people who aren't big soccer fans. Like what? We're not going to the Olympics. And I'm like, yeah, we're not going to Olympics. And I go, don't let it, it's obviously disappointing. It's complicated, but right? It's complicated, but don't don't all of a sudden feel okay. There we go. This team is not back from their 2017. No, they are. It's but then you have to do this whole explaining to get people yeah. excited. You know, you have to wear kid gloves to get them excited about it. But it, that's what they thought. We thought our best people thought our best team was down there and lost to hundreds. No. I'm like, no, no. But you, you know, we gotta. That's part of the audience you want to get because this is a critical next few years because. This could blow up this sport in a good way uh, where this World Cup set the table for when you host it. And then soccer is huge and you can't screw this up uh, and you don't have to win a World Cup. right around the corner. You, you don't have to win the World Cup, but you got to set it up where people go, oh, we're interested. And eyes turn to the Major League Soccer and everything. Yeah. And so it's a critical time. And when I have those conversations and I go, oh, geez. Well, we look, I, I want to get some other topics, but I just I think we talked on touched on Mexico, but. Uh, it, it looks a bit frustrating and they have their guys on the uh, um, under 23s and th th that was a, a loaded roster. So they, they, overall, they're probably pretty good. It's a combination of both teams, I think, would be well, the best situation. To, to your point, I mean, outside of Efrain Alvarez from the LA Galaxy and Diego Linas, I mean, that is really a first choice team down in Mexico because the majority of their younger players are compensated in a way that they're not compensated in major league soccer. So maybe there's not as much of a, as, as an introspective, Hey, I got to get out of here and push myself. Cause I'm netto 2 million a year. Um, and the ability to not have to deal with the international window because of FIFA. Uh, yeah, by far Mexico was heads and shoulders above everybody else in this qualification. Oh, and no, oh, by the way, they're in Guadalajara, Mexico home field advantage. Yep. World Cup qualifying began in Europe. 
And the 2022 World Cup will be the last World Cup where we have 32 teams. And we all hated expansion when it came around. We'll have 48 in 2026. But I'm looking at these qualifying. And it's also in South America where uh, I, maybe maybe 48 team is where we need to be because there's 13 spots available in Europe. There is, they're going to have a European championship this summer where there's 24 teams. Is it, is it no, there's 32 now? No, it's 24. I should have, I should have done that homework before I, I opened that out. <laughs> anyway, the last World Cup, yeah. quarterfinals, six European teams, the semifinals, all European teams. So they're all performing. And early results, the Netherlands, which we, we were hoping for a nice return to the World Cup, I think they're already done. They lost to Turkey. Turkey beat Norway. I don't think we're going to see Erling Holland in a major competition anytime soon. So a team like the Netherlands, which you expect to see and would perform in a World Cup, Probably not going to get there. Spain if they only would have known. If they only would have checked out the resume of their manager before he got that <laughs> but, job in Holland. But the, he's not. That's the. That's not the only big European nation I'm worrying about. And I'm really impressed. I see Italy storming through and England doing what you got to do. Mm-hmm. But you stub your toe, like Spain did, and almost did again against Georgia after they tied the Greeks. You get this thing gets over pretty quickly and then you're yeah. in a hole and you're in, you're not going to make it. You got to win your group, but second place teams have it an in, but you're putting yourself into a labyrinth of hell. If you yeah. don't finish in first place, well, you're, you're spot on. I mean, remember Portugal, ha- Portugal ha- had that goal. I mean, oh. there I'd be worried. <laughs> well, I don't want a Por- world cup Portugal. without Cristiano in 2022. I, I, well, yeah. I mean, remember 2018, it was Cristiano versus Laton for a spot at the world cup in, 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 uh, in Brazil. And that was the, the final knockout game. I mean, last time around, Holland and, and Italy missed out on the World Cup. And how devastating was that? And everyone says like, oh, the U.S. And we're like, well, Holland, Italy missed out on the World Cup as well. So it's not a God-given birthright to step on the field and think you're going to win, to your point. Um, by the way, I always get a, Do you want to tell your Dan Marino joke before I, I throw out a San Marino? I always tweet <laughs> when San Marino gets lit up. And they, by the way, they, and I'll talk about the minnows a little bit later. They usually lose games 9, 10, 11, 0. Yeah. It's the like Faroe Islands. Now. And, but now they, they kind of hang around. So every time they yeah. get lose, I go, oh man, England's beating the, the snot out of Dan Marino. Yeah. Every um, year it gets less I, I and less likes. No, I appreciate it. I, I always enjoy it. I you better like it if I post it again. I love it. Um, yeah. Listen, to, to your point, you know, teams like Wales, teams like uh, Norway, do they have a better opportunity going into the Euros than they do the World Cup? 100%. Unfortunately, that's the difficulty. Same with the conversation about Sweden. Fascinating that Zlatan comes back after they win or after they go to the World Cup. And now all of a sudden he's, he's reintroducing. Um, do we call AC Milan a retirement league now after the success he had at, at LA Galaxy? He continues to surprise me. Play, I mean, blow me away what he did at Milan. Yeah. But I thought someone knew something about this. It's just two games. But he's come into that Sweden team, and he is part of the machine. He's yeah. not like, I'm Zlatan. He's not the individual. The yeah, they don't and play he had through two him assists, anymore. and I'm like, yeah. this guy gets it. Great, great ball, by the way, on that first assist. To, uh, to, was it Isaac? Yeah, Alexander Isaac. Who's the heir apparent. Yeah. But it's Yanni Anderson must have seen something and thought he's going to do it. I'm sure they had a long conversation because I thought it was a bad idea because of the point you made. They, they got rid of Zlatan. He was mouthing off. They go to the World Cup, and they're in the quarterfinals. And now he's back. It's like, that's a team that I would want any. Got to keep an eye on. Yeah. Gotta and if, he, if they bring him for the Euros, yeah, I mean, that's – I had to so, see these games, but it's really been impressed. I've been impressed, again, by what Zlatan's been able to do. You know, the, the conversation about the inclusion of all these different teams and the opportunities to kind of open up the amount of teams that will be 
available to play. I think we saw in the last Euros there, there there's a uniqueness to it where you think that automatically before the the whistle blows that these teams are these teams are done. They're going to get cooked. It's going to be ugly. And then all of a sudden it's one one, and they play the upset rule, or it's one nil, and all of a sudden maybe. You know, in the group stage, they've got a win, a draw, and a loss. And all of a sudden, four points puts them in a weird knockout opportunity. <laughs> and so, play. wait, how and do you're we like, get here? Wait, what? Like, what's <laughs> happening? This We're is out. crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, there is a uniqueness to it. Um, what I would say, more importantly than the opportunity to participate in these tournaments, and I know participation means glory, it means funds, it means monies, it means incredible opportunity for the collective and yet maybe more important for the individual for the standout players to get bigger and better opportunities and you know european leagues or champions league europa league all of that all that comes with success but i still think and you can apply this here to Concacaf, especially kind of in the caribbean nations providing a financial infrastructure to be used the correct way to say okay these monies and again once you deposit that money who knows where it ends up going but to say, okay, these are the expectations once we give you these funds because the television revenues are going to start to open up. Plus, we're going to give to you from the Federation you know, the ability to build training facilities for both the men's and the women's. And here's from the 15s, the 17s, the 19s, the 20s, all the way through. I think inevitably that builds an infrastructure that where it's not just one tournament, you're looking eight to 10 years down the line and saying, can we create another Iceland? You know, is there is there... It's a- through education, through player performance, through, you know, the, the confines of brick and mortar. Can we create environments where players can thrive? I look at UEFA qualifying, and I don't know how Iceland qualified for that last World Cup. It really is stunning because there really isn't a, a, a pathway for these. Maybe they pull off surprises, but just to finish the point, you know, Portugal drops to Serbia. Uh, it, very controversial ending, but they still don't have the points there. Spain, we mentioned France tied Ukraine. Why, why is the, why is France qualifying? That bothers me. You got to have a spot for the champ. What if they don't qualify? Mm. The champs, France out. They, they probably will, but this is not easy. Belgium yeah. tied the Czechs. Croatia, which was in the final of the World Cup, lost to Slovenia. Uh, some teams, Germany, England, are, are going through, but it's not going to be. You can't expect that across the board. To everyone have clear sailing. There's just too many. Hurdles, starting to say, you're, start, you're starting to sound like Andre Agnelli from Juve at the head of the uh, coaches. So it's, it's, it, this, you're this killing is some, the stars. Well, but this is this is the new talk about whatever the new Champions League format could look like is that they're going to create room for those two teams that didn't qualify who had an off year in their respective league that ended outside the top four to all of a sudden be gifted because of a coefficient. So, you know, the rich continue to get richer and there's like a safety mechanism. Because you do want to see all the big teams. I, I get it. The, the pandemic's been a fascinating thing for all of us, obviously. It's been horrific. And yet at the same time, we're seeing so many different, so many different new opportunities because literally people are taking all of this shit, throwing it against the wall and saying, oh man, if we could recreate something from, something from absolute scratch, well, now's the time to do it. We saw it with the format change with Champions League going into Portugal and Lisbon and making it a knockout instead of home and away. That changes everything. It 100% changes everything. So I think whether you're talking about, you know, Nations League, or you're talking about Euro qualifying, or you're talking about World Cup qualifying, or you're even talking about the World Cup, I just think there's so many, there's so much incredible monies available 
in terms of stadium, fans, credit cards, you know, infrastructure, television, that now people are saying, okay, how can we capitalize? How can we get people's credit cards? How can we run it, charge them the most amount, and then get that money back into the club or the federations or the individual tournaments, which is FIFA monopoly money. And I would like those Cinderella stories uh, to develop because, you know, Iceland, when they had the success was the Euros, but they did make the next World Cup. And that was pretty cool to follow. But there's going to be there's going to be some casualties to not make the World Cup. And it'll be a moot point by the next one. We'll have 48 teams, although you UEFA, I think, get an extra bid or two. I mean, the 48 team, from what I last saw, really benefits an African or an Asia CONCACAF to a lesser degree doesn't really benefit the European nation. I hope it, the South Americans, the other one. Yeah. Because it's very early and they didn't have any qualifiers this time around. But if you just took the teams based on four games, Uruguay, which is ranked in the top 10, would not be qualifying. That is, look, you got to qualify. You can't change it. Yeah. But I, 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 the point I want to make is I'm looking forward to a 48 team World Cup. So I don't have to worry about these things and maybe get the best of both worlds. It'll be watered down. Yes. But I, if, if there's a World Cup that lasted three months, I would bring it on. <laughs> Maybe two months. Yeah, three months might be a little much. Yeah. Let's, we talk about the minnows, and that's the, the, the cool term. The, the Europeans gave us, and we kind of follow suit, like in so much in our game. Gary Lineker, uh, English soccer playing legend, if you're not familiar. Very good on TV. He actually hosts. He's, he's fantastic, he, yeah. He's, he's just, he's good looking smart uh he's got he's got the levity down and he does the hosting like and but he could wear all the hats but he tweets a lot people gets a lot of traffic but watching the qualifiers he tweeted surely we have reached the stage where the lowest ranked nations should play amongst themselves for the right to play at this level it's Hmm. become absurd and coca-caf has done that i'll talk about that a little bit later but you know five teams get the buy and everyone else 635 have to qualify is it is it fair? Well, probably not, but look, it saves. <laughs> uh, it kind of reinforces my point about getting the best teams, to the world cup, CONCACAF kind of doing that. However, uh, we were touching on it. And I remember we did qualifiers and you see San Marino, Faroe islands, uh, Kazakhstan just getting demolished, but the gap's been closing. Yeah. And I'm not going to say Ireland's a, a world cup team. And they certainly aren't now because they lost to Luxembourg, uh, who's a small nation. I know Luxembourg pretty well because my my brother's wife is from there, and I visited oh. a couple times. Great place to go because you can, you're can you like 10 miles to Germany, France, or Belgium, and then just a little bit to the Netherlands. So you can really cover a lot of Europe. Yeah. Anyway, that's – but they beat Ireland in Dublin, and I Luxembourg's on the heel – I mean, they're in the group with Portugal and Serbia, one point behind them. I'm not saying Luxembourg's going to qualify, but these are these teams that are just these small countries. We saw it in Iceland. They kind of figured out. I did a little digger. First of all, there's three brothers that play for the Luxembourg squad. And I think if you have one good family, it's a game changer. <laughs> if you're a small country, if you have a family that's pumping yeah. them out, New Zealand rugby has three brothers on there. So it's, and they're all incredible, but it's the, the thrill, the, the Thiel brothers, Vincent, Sebastian and Oliver. Yeah, and Vincent is, is, is the study. Where's the ten? We oui, we. Oui. Yeah, but I mean, this is the smaller nations uh, seem like they could be ready to pounce, and the Irish are learning a very, very, very hard lesson—a very bitter pill. 
you know, I understand what Gary Lineker's saying, and, and to an extent, I agree with him. And I um, want to agree with him too. I should say I want well, to agree with him, but then that happens. Yeah, because because your point, you know, you touched on it earlier. How many how many times have we we heard, you know, Gareth Bale scoring seven goals on an artificial surface in Gibraltar, you know, stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I expected, uh, you know, the 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 Norway win. Who did they have? Georgia the other day. Or was it Georgia? I can't even remember. Um, they, 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 they lost to Turkey recently, but they, yeah. But before they, Turkey. They were up 3-0. And I think the biggest storyline was that Erling Holland hadn't scored yet. And he was taken off in the 60th minute. I expected him to, to you know, have, I don't know, four or five goals by halftime. So, yeah, there, there's, there's an argument to be made. And I understand Gary Lineker's point because who wants to see England San Marino where Jesse Lingard, who just came on loan to West Ham, all of a sudden is fully back in the England national team set up and named man of the match for England's win against San Marino when he just couldn't so big, get... This is San Marino, not Dan Marino, correct? Yeah, not Dan Marino. Okay. No, no. No, he, he would have put up more of a fight. He would have um, thrown a couple bombs in the end zone. Uh, it's... So I get it. I understand. I understand the perspective. But at the same time, there's there's something to be said about I'm rubbing my fingers together. Kind of that 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 little bit of hope, that little, you know, that, you know, that the dreams of stepping on the big stage and, you know, thumping a big kind of European title chaser. Um, You know, you think about Ireland, okay, Serbia, Portugal. All of a sudden, Luxembourg coming out of that game in Dublin is going to be having a completely different mentality for the next fixture, for the next matchup. So there's it's it's romantic. You're, you're you're touching into the Ray Hudson romanticism of the game, which is beautiful because what we saw in Iceland in 2016 was nothing short of extraordinary. Because along with the Icelandic clap, all of a sudden you have this real like, oh my god, these guys get it. And you didn't realize they got it until you actually saw that they got it. By the Iceland, the magic's over. Yeah. It was a good it's run. It's ugly. It's ugly now. They're going, yeah. That others golden are, generation's not so golden anymore. Yeah, others want But that's what happens. Yep. Others will inherit the space. Golden yep. generations come and, and they go. And sometimes they keep them around too long and they fall in a World Cup. I think we covered a lot of good ground here, sir. I appreciate you. You enjoying I, this? You, you I like love this? it. I love it. You're uh, really good at it. Oh, thank you. But it's yeah. like I, look, like I said this, and anyone who's listening, and I, and look, we're we're, we're building our audience still, <laughs> but <laughs> I probably say this a lot. I go, I, I do this because I, I want to have what we have a lot of on social media. It's not so much an interview, but we're all both contributing, and there's a group of 20, 30 people, maybe less than that, yeah. who cover this sport here and do it really well, and nationally recognized. And you are certainly one of those. And well, I appreciate that. I hope I can have these conversations and do them again. But it's uh, uh, well. I think it's good. I think we all benefit. I get a little smarter. I know you're getting a lot smarter. Well, I want to say something. You stop right there, Bredos. Enough of this, you interviewing me. I want to say something. I got the utmost respect for you, my man. You are one of the good guys. I know I'm not, this is unprompted. You don't have to Ven me, Venmo me anything. I just want people to know you're one of the good people out there. I, I know people understand you and love you, your time at Fox and your time at ESPN, your, your time calling games all over the world, Calling you know WWE back in the day to the the, the heartthrob of LAFC broadcasts with your buttons halfway down your chest. You look like Marty Rainey. I love it. I'm I'm here for it. You're amazing. Marty Rainey. Marty Rainey. Homestead Rescue. You never watched that? Oh my God! You'll get sucked in. It's the best thing on television. I promise. Discovery Channel. 
Yeah, we will trust me when you when you're gonna text me at some point after you Google Marty Rainey, you're like, oh my God, you're you're kind of yeah. right because my shirt. Anyways, Brados is one of the best human beings out there. Uh, from my time in what 2007 to when he left for ESPN, the amount of games I got to cover with him, being in a booth shoulder to shoulder at 3 a.m. in the morning, to traveling the United States calling games for the U.S. Men's National Team for MLS teams, to becoming really good friends with him, I can't speak highly enough of who you are as an individual. I love what you do. You're fantastic. You're talented. You have such a great personality. You're such a good friend to so many different people. So I appreciate you. That is very nice to say. And I appreciate those words. I just want to let you know, I don't want to be one of the nice guys. I want to be one of those SOBs who rakes in all the money. Okay. Well, and and ruins careers. Do that too. (laughs) (laughs) At the the drop of a hat. Don't do mine. Don't do mine. Don't like him. Get rid of him. We don't compete. We don't compete anymore. <laughs> I only did play-by-play for Fox because you left for ESPN. That's the only reason I did. Really? And then I got out afterwards. I was like, yeah, this sucks. I yeah. don't like this. that place. Kind of labored a bit when I was gone, and then they got him on there. They got back on their we feet. They got you. the owner in there after a few years. Yeah, we missed I'm you. I'm just kidding. It was good. I, I that was a very difficult day for me. Very difficult. Yeah. But well, I got I'm glad options, I man. Opportunities. How do you turn those down? Yeah, and you got to get better at what you do, and that gate allowed me to do that. And we're all getting better. Uh, so this has been the business end. We're just getting started. Brian Dunseth, you can check out on SiriusM. Serious, serious FC, XMFC, <laughs> serious XMFC channel one fifty seven. I know Counter it's attack Monday I through Friday, four to seven p.m. Eastern time. There you go. Because I listen to Serious XMU a lot, and I always get XMU XMFC. So you need to call in more often. We miss okay, you. I'll do it. I yeah. listen to you. I listen to your show, and I listen to Jason Davis a lot. I'm too early to listen to. Oh yeah, grumpy, grumpy pundits and soccer and football show. Yeah, way too early. But I would. Well, call, call in more. I miss I you. Hudson out here. We'll, we'll tangle him. I'm going to bring him down a notch for his messy love. I'm just, uh, that would be funny. My favorite thing, Ray Hudson, by the way, he's like, Briny, you like the Statue of Liberty back there. You're pinned, but you haven't broken. What you going to do after the game? <laughs> what a lovely man. Brian Dunseth, counterattack, in the business end, and doing very well. Throwing a lot of good punches, a lot of good haymakers. This is the Soccer OG we will be back as I will get into stoppage time as we look at CONCACAF, CONCACAF qualifiers. Time now for stoppage time. I call it that because I get to stop it whenever I like. But I don't want to drag on. I want to make a succinct point here and have a heart-to-heart from me to you talking about something very important to me in the sport. Today, CONCACAF World Cup qualifying. Because I am a citizen of CONCACAF and I'm proud of it. I will show my card anywhere. And so should all of you. we got to look out for our neighbors, right? We're in this together, at least for now. So CONCACAF World Cup qualifying started this past week. And it's a new format, which uh, is... Works out well for some people, not so great for others. So five teams get the double bye, and teams 6 through 35 go through a a, a group stage qualifying, and the group winners play each other. So it is, just from what I told you, it's going to be really difficult to get to the final eight, which is what will happen. We don't have the hexagonal six. It's going to be eight teams there in the end to see who makes the World Cup. Three, maybe four. Ah, knowing CONCACAF, I'm going to aim for three, but it doesn't really matter. We're going to have a 48-team World Cup next time around. 
So how does that determine those teams? It's all via FIFA rankings. Remember we were always told to diminish the rankings? They don't make any sense. How is so-and-so ranked ninth? And how is Albania ranked 50th? Well, it matters. Just ask El Salvador because they were ranked sixth. So they get lobbed in with all the other nations from six to 35. Honduras was ranked 62nd by, at the time, by FIFA. El Salvador 69th and Canada 73rd. So those are the top two teams that have to go through the whole process, which is difficult. We'll explain that with regards to the challenges of CONCACAF qualifying. Andres Cantor, the, the, the best soccer announcer in our country, uh, had a, a tweet where it showed El Salvador, the national team, in a small plane, two stopovers to Curaçao, where they were going to play Montserrat. Now, that's difficult. And by the way, El Salvador tied that game. That's not exactly good business. You are the sixth-ranked team, and now you're hanging over the precipice because you tied Montserrat. It's going to be tricky. Uh Mexico, USA, Costa Rica, Jamaica, Honduras await these three teams. But it's going to be a lot of fun, and I got to tune in. And I wonder who is going to be the next big thing. So last World Cup, Mexico, Costa Rica, and Panama qualified. Panama was an incredible story. But that generation of players have come and gone, and they haven't looked really convincing that they're going to reach those heights anytime soon. So that golden generation's passed. Costa Rica, I haven't really seen that next group. Honduras, I'm a little more optimistic about. They had a great group of players. They've had guys come over in Europe. And we saw the Olympic qualifying. They got some good young players there that they could probably rely on in uh, future World Cup qualifying campaigns. So those are the established teams. By the way, Costa Rica, let's not forget what they did at the 2014 World Cup. They made the quarterfinals. They were in a penalty shootout to make the semifinals against uh, the Netherlands. So an incredible uh, story there in one of the most, for me, one of the best World Cups of all time because of the, the makeup of the teams at the end. I don't want to go off on a tangent, but in 2018, the problem certainly was it was heavy European flavor. And if it's a World Cup, I want a little bit of everything. So that's why I like that World Cup. We go through this qualifying process. What about maybe Haiti's the next big team to break through? Well, we've got a stark reminder why they're going to have limitations and complications. Belize, the Belizean team robbed at gunpoint shortly after arriving in Haiti. Videos showing uh, armed gunmen looking to rob the Belizeans. They just arrived there and they had a four-man police escort and they had to do some explaining. They had this... To say the uh, Belizean Football Federation, the Football Federation of Belize takes this time to express its disappointment and disgust, that's a strong word, at an unfortunate incident faced by the Jaguars, what they call the Belize national team, as the team was headed from the airport to the hotel in Haiti. Haiti has that. We know we have a lot of athletes of Haitian descent that are excelling in soccer, in American football. In basketball, so they have a, they have their their politics have had to bore down what could have been such a potential group. Maybe it's Cuba. 
Big news from them, calling foreign players for the first time. Uh, players that were developed outside of the country. Only previously Cubans who had contracts with Inder, the governing body of the sports, uh, were able to be eligible. But now if it's a player who left Cuba at an early age, they are uh, going to be called on. Most notably, Onel Hernandez, who plays at Norwich City, who was, became the first Cuban, grew up in Germany, to score in the Premier League. So that's the kind of talent that they were going the other direction in Cuba. But now you to bring him in. This is a moment in time. It's important for me, both my parents, Cuban exiles, and uh, went through hell and high water to come here to the United States as in, in, starting in orphanages, waiting for their families to come over. So I see a change there and maybe bringing these players is the beginning of other things. As a Cuban, we always supported the embargo, but until recently... And I don't get too much politics here, but until recently, I said, this thing's not working. So let's let's try something else. So maybe I can go there and go to the, the land of my fathers and and see it. And maybe their infrastructure can improve. And maybe Cuban soccer, amongst many other things, reap the benefits. Well, I don't think it's going to be Cuba. Despite the new players, they've, they've lost both their games. So we move to the next Maybe El Salvador. We talked about their issues in uh, the early runs. You know, remember El Magico Gonzalez? El Salvador made the 82 World Cup. They had a guy called El Magico Gonzalez who played in Spain at Cadiz. And many of his contemporaries always said how talented he was. But you need to have this. Why couldn't one of these CONCACAF nations have this, this redefining talent that comes through and, and lifts a nation, carries them on his shoulders? One big star can do a lot. El Salvador doesn't have it in Mexico right now. Trinidad and Tobago, remember, they made the World Cup. This is a big country. It's a big island country. Made the World Cup. Had Dwight York, uh, who played at Manchester United. Russell Latipi. Shaka Hislop, the great Shaka Hislop. Suriname. Suriname is technically in South America. They're, they've won their games. They had a guy, uh, Nigel Hasselback. Hasselbank, the nephew of Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. They have the benefit of the young players in the Dutch system. And there's some guys playing in top leagues. Kelvin Leardham, Inter-Miami. Ryan Donk plays at Galatasaray. Who knows? But I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to see who makes that push forward. And this region gets better and our pedigree gets better. And I don't know if it's going to get better. For all the limitations we showed you, they have to clear a lot of hurdles. And all this talk now of this USA-Mexico Super League and collaborations, what does that do for the Central American nations in the Caribbean? They're on the outside looking in. So I worry about them. I don't want them to be minimized. But being CONCACAF is a badge of honor. And everyone who represents their country can certainly say that when they are coming to that level. But I wanted to give them some props. And I'll be watching, as crazy as it might get, with my support. That brings us to the close of an, another fun episode here of the Soccer OG. Again, need your support? Please subscribe, rate, and review. We'll be here again next week to talk about the biggest topics of the day. <laughs>